1: your episode 47 starts right now you are joining us live on the broadcast or listening in podcast form either way you're a legend i'm your host brandon Davis, and joining me today we got jamie Girac. morning we got jenna anderson hey everybody and we also have of course aaron Parise. hey guys big show big arrow a chonky one we love a chonky, appy. Uh, so it's going to be fun. We all have sparkly new cameras where you can count the pores on our faces. Uh, oh, I'm a little blurry. Anyway, so that was well-timed. us off to a great start. We have a cool show today. We're going to talk a lot about Spider-Man. Uh, we did a quarantine watch party of Spider-Man Homecoming last night. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the little nuggets that came out of that. We're going to rank Spider-Man movies. I don't know if I told you guys we're doing that today. So everybody's on the spot. Ooh, saucy day. Uh, And we're going to talk about Hawkeye episode three. But you know the drill. We start with the news. And the biggest news of the year is that we crossed a million listeners. Thank you to Jenna for adding that to the rundown here. I have forgotten to mention that. I had a fancy graphic made up by the comic book graphic designers. We shared it. We love you guys. And we have crossed a million listens across all platforms so, I mean, there's just, thank you. That's really, you know.
2: It's so wild. Also, I have to say, everybody who is tweeting at us that we're in their Spotify wrapped, that just makes me so happy. Like, keep it coming, because it is just awesome to see that.
1: Yeah. I
3: miss
2: that. No, oh, I love that.
1: What a year it's been. Can you believe we've been doing this for 47 weeks? That's so wild. Yeah, WandaVision for sure. started 47 weeks ago.
2: Wow.
3: It feels like it's been in my life forever. To be honest,
1: uh-huh. <laughs> it is on your it is on you forever. It will be with you for the rest of your life. Oh, like, literally true. That. We have been here <laughs> since before Jamie's Wandavision tattoo, when the show started. Life was very different. Two um, tattoos. Two tattoos. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, listen. Uh, thank you guys so much for helping us cross that billion mark. It's been a hell of a ride. We've had some amazing guests. We've had some great moments. Uh, bust out the fan cams and make us all look cool. Uh, And we will just continue to hopefully hit 2 million next year. So 3 million total. I want a hundred million. Forget it. Whatever. This is, this show is going to go to the moon. So invest now. Uh, All right. Spider-Man Homecoming watch party was last night. At the last minute, we had Jonathan Goldstein join us who wrote the movie. Jonathan Goldstein, if you're not familiar with his work, has written game night, vacation. Uh, He's working on the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons movie. Uh, He wrote Horrible Bosses He's directed a couple of those Uh, Game Night was one of them I believe Uh, And He's just a super talented guy John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein Wrote Spider-Man Homecoming So I actually just tweeted A couple days ago and I'm sure a few of you saw this About I, I love that scene with Michael Keaton In Homecoming where the light changes I think it's a masterpiece in itself And Jonathan Goldstein somehow saw the tweet And responded with like the little hands Like thank you emoji Um, And then I was just like, dude, join our watch party And we ended up DMing back and forth I talked with his reps We all kind of made it happen And yesterday in the middle of the day He was like, yo, I'm in for tonight So that was really cool to see how that came together Really at the last minute We had thousands of tweets last night That was really, really cool It was the most fun watch party in a while And some of the little nuggets uh, that Jonathan Goldstein dropped Included that they had written other Avengers PSAs Like the Captain America PSA. So I got to start right there I saw somebody, I don't know if it was Jim or somebody else at the watch party, said we need a Bruce Banner talking about anger management PSA.
2: I know. I uh, think it was Jim who tweeted that. I love that. I, I need to see that so much.
1: Is there can you guys think off the top of your head? I know we didn't really prepare for this of other PSAs that could have that could have fit. Cause he didn't tell us which he told me, he only I asked him if they filmed any. And he said they never made it to production. Only the Captain America ones made it. But uh I'm almost like
2: imagine Tony Stark talking about like lab safety of like use the eye wash and wear gloves and do all of the stuff in science class. Like I could totally see him and Banner maybe doing that. Like that would be fun.
1: All right, listen, we're not gonna we're not gonna put our eyes. You know the fire's here, the chemicals, all right, everybody. That's what we're gonna do. Well, I do a bad Tony Stark, but at <laughs> least was, his impression is out of the way. That was sudden. <laughs> that was that was I'm so sorry. Um, yeah all right well that, i think that was a fun little nugget uh also he said that the that driving scene that i was talking about that got jonathan goldstein to join us uh was an homage to hitchcock where like the audience knows about something terrible but like the characters aren't quite on to it yet that i mean that just speaks for itself they were a little skeptic about the spider suit talking uh because they, they he, I, I said this and i'm pairing this with the fact that i asked him um when you were writing for iron man slash tony like that was there kind of like a well we only have Downey for x amount of days so write accordingly and he said well yeah we knew we only had it for a limited time but also we never wanted this to become an iron man movie like and it you know in some ways you know i know a lot of people have their gripes with it that, that iron man and tony stark influenced spider mans story so much in the mcu but i it does very much stay spider peter parker's origin story and, and he also mentioned how the crux of the film is when tony says if you're nothing without the suit then you don't deserve it so i thought that was really interesting that they they were they're were skeptic about the spider suit talking and all the iron man stuff yet they made it work personally i think they made it work i love homecoming do you guys do you guys think i where do you guys fall on the tony stark injection into the peter story for the mcu uh-
3: Homecoming is my favorite Spider Man movie. Spoiler alert for our list later. So uh, I love it. I don't think he's in it too much. I think he's in it just enough to, to, and I like the influence of it all. I think it's really sweet. And above all, Homecoming's a teen movie, and I love teen movies. And you need that kind of Iron Man type character in a movie like that.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm fine with it, Aaron. Looks, you, your face says you have thoughts. Um, I
0: just try not to give away the milk before uh, <laughs> it's time because I have I have something I've been talking with Spencer about for like two months, writing about the Iron Man Junior conversation and how sort of that just dictates the discourse around these movies and i but jamie i i don't think that homecoming is bad at all like i don't think that iron man's in it too i wouldn't be offended if you did for the record (laughs) i mean but but we don't so we don't have to (laughs) disagree about much anyway um i i just feel like for a lot of people they put their own sort of like their upbringing on peter and that millennials and like boomers were raised in a very different way than zoomers have been and i see him kind of need someone to like help him out more makes all the sense in the world to me if you if you taught any college class in the last five years you've seen some things for some young people that you probably wouldn't expect out of someone who was 20 or 21 and you're like hmm, really hi how are you doing mrs whatever your name is i'm confused this is not a parent teacher conference this is actually a class why are you here um. So, we'll see. Keep keep it locked. We'll we'll talk about this some more. I'm sure that when I write that thing, that we'll probably end up talking about it on here. I and look forward to your thoughts.
1: Me Thank too. Thoughts. Yeah. The, com- the comicbook. gets the exclusive. Not phase zero. No. After all, that is what <laughs> pays the bills. The, mm-hmm. the site is what pays the bills. So that's a, that's probably a smart choice. Uh, the film originally was going to start with Peter's YouTube video. And then they ended up adding the Michael Keaton and the damage control sequence late in the film. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't get Jonathan Coalestein to say anything about Avengers Tower. I tried. You knew I was going to try, uh, and yeah, and also he didn't comment on that eight years later thing, which to this day <laughs> just—I mean, I don't—it doesn't make sense. It doesn't well, make any sense because that would mean this like post snap is twenty twenty five.
3: Yeah, there's no fixing that flub, and it's like the dumbest mistake.
0: Well, th- don't say don't say that there's no way to fix the flub. We oh, we have time well. travel. I mean, wh- you're gonna be mad when No Way Home spits him out in 2020 <laughs> somehow. You know,
3: I just feel like they're never gonna admit that they that it was
0: a screw up. Oh yeah. no, absolutely not. I remember Jenna.
2: no that is a very comic booky thing like there there are so many instances in comics over the years where it's like oh this little continuity error completely breaks everything when you really break it down so it's like I've I've learned to make peace with it but it does really frustrate me every time I think about it of like just the logic of it all just falls apart completely
1: if this was a Disney plus show they would have changed it but I remember watching the movie for the first time being like what eight years (laughs) like do I not know the MCU here where when are we Cause that would have been the future back in uh, 20 when this movie came out, this movie would have been three years in the future for the pre- for people watching it. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, yeah, that's, that's a little fun recap of our Spider-Man homecoming watch party. We have one more watch party on the road to no way home. It's going to be Spider-Man far from home two weeks from last night. You press play at 9 p.m. Eastern time. You tweet along using hashtag quarantine watch party. I also want to shout out. I saw a comment here in the Twitch comment section. Uh, Shout out to everybody who follows us on Twitch and watches this. Thank you for that. Uh, A Thor doing a weightlifting. Uh, PSA would have been good. I also think Thor is like a construction worker talking about hammer safety could have been really could have been really good too. The comments. Yeah, what's a weightlifting
2: PSA like gym safety? Like how yeah how to like safely lift stuff and not like drop it on you? I don't know.
1: to do I'm another impression. Always wipe down, down your do machines. That's yes, right. Okay. I'm just picturing village weight. people
2: now. Now that he's saying like construction worker, I'm just picturing <laughs> Thor village people now.
1: Doth thou lifteth thou weights. All right, I'm done. That's that's it. I'm retiring it for the day. I'm so sorry for everybody who just unsubscribed. It's my fault. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home tickets went on sale, and they went kind of crazy. So we're all going to tell. I want to hear how everybody got their tickets. Uh, It was quite an adventure for some of us and easier for others. Uh, Shade. Uh, It outsold (laughs) Infinity War, Rogue One, and Black Widow in the first two hours in terms of pre-sales, not like total box office, but it was the biggest pre-sale opening first day since Endgame. It did not sell more than Endgame. I know there's a lot of confusion on that. It made a lot of money in a day. I think it was like $35 million in the first day. I think I saw that. I'm not 100% sure if that's accurate, but I'm pretty sure it made a lot of money uh, and uh, that's it, just it, it, the sites crashed Cinemark, AMC, Regal, Fandango. Uh, everything crashed. It took a long time for people to try. That's what kind of puzzles me. How did it outsell those movies in two hours when it seemed like nobody could buy tickets for two hours? Like, what? Okay, anyway, somebody's lying. No, Fandango <laughs> wouldn't do that. I love my friends at Fandango. Shout out to Eric Davis for the great Amy Pascal interview, which we're going to touch on in just a minute. Uh, but yeah, how did you, Aaron, How did you buy tickets yet?
0: um yeah well so i i'm a veteran of collecting sneakers so pulling up these l's on the sneakers app has prepared me for just coming up absolutely fruitless for at least 15 <laughs> minutes i'm like dude what i'm like i have like i have flashbacks like vietnam flashbacks to like trying to get a pair of air yeezys or you know any weird release any pair of jordans i'm like this is not supposed to be this way for movies why is this happening why why is it happening but we got in And I sort of get to cheat because I don't have to buy a bunch of tickets. It's just really me and my girlfriend on night one. And then we're going to take my family later, which you probably won't have to pre-order for. We'll probably just be able to roll into the theater. So in the beginning, I was like, well, it doesn't really matter anyway. We'll see it with my parents when they get here. But we might miss out on day one. And then Ariel was like, nope, nope. Going to do it at work. Going to sit here and help. Two phones. And then we got it. So. A little frustrating, but we got there. You know, sit tight, everybody. If you're still in line, stay in line. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Jenna did you have
0: trouble?
2: I I, I feel what you're saying Aaron because I've had the same thing with Funko Pops of like oh I'm sitting on the Target website for like an hour trying to get one Funko Pop that like immediately sells out before I can even attempt to get it or it sells out in my cart or something so it's like I'm, I'm used to the frustration of doing things like this online I was not used to doing it for movie tickets so that part was very very jarring I expected this to be a relatively easy experience all things considered but I, I myself was trying to do them. My boyfriend was trying to do them. My boyfriend's brother was like at a completely separate house and we were all communicating back and forth. We just were sitting there for an hour. I think my boyfriend's brother was in the queue at AMC for like an hour and then it kept going up and like further and further in time. So it was just absurd. I I was looking at every single theater that is even in our remote vicinity. I was like, is there like a drive-in theater nearby? Is there like one very old theater that might be showing it that has tickets already? So it was just so much trying through every possible Avenue. And eventually we got them not for the IMAX showing that we wanted, but for another showing at that same theater, like slightly later. So I'm like, I'll take it. It, it's like, you can see how many people already have seats and there's like a good enough crowd there already. So I know I'm still going to get like the really good crowd reaction of everybody enjoying the movie. So I'm, I'm happy. It just was so frustrating to take like over an hour to get there. It was insane.
1: And then there's Jamie yeah
3: (laughs) sorry guys uh listen i was still traumatized from the amc app with avengers endgame that was (laughs) such a freaking nightmare and and so on sunday i was like i'm gonna go watch once upon once upon a time in hollywood for the 15th time because they're playing it nearby uh and i'm like i'm gonna go have a drink with my boyfriend and i'm not going to worry about this i'm like there are a bazillion movie theaters in los angeles whatever happens happens uh you know going with the flow i'm not going to care about this right now cuz i know i'm going to get to see the movie i know it will happen i wake up the next day at noon uh real arrested uh and my best friend texted me and he was like oh I, I think that um the amc Burbank added another showing and i was like oh great see you thursday night 2 seconds later uh so i apologize for the the brag but man it could not have been easier for me i i got to drink i got to watch brad pitt pet a dog it was amazing <laughs>
1: I, I could not have had a more different experience than what Jamie had. I, I, I had a, I have a, a large group text with a lot of the comic book staff and my friends here in Nashville. And I had the responsibility of buying tickets for 18 of us. Most of them had already sent me their money for the tickets. So I had to buy the tickets uh, because everybody was just sleeping and I didn't want to have them wake up and be like, yo, I couldn't get our tickets. Like, Sorry figure it out. Uh, so I started the grind at 11 PM central time, trying to get those tickets. It at one point showed me that like the theater screening that I wanted, like the, 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 the night screening and IMAX on Thursday night was just gone. It was just not listed anymore. And I was like, oh, it's sold out in like a half hour. I didn't even get in there. I ended up getting two tickets in my first purchase. Cause I was just like, you can only buy 10. I found out at a time I bought two and I got those. And then I was like, Oh my God, I only got two. Like, do I take Eleanor? Do I take my mom? What do I do? And then I was like, I need to get the rest of these tickets. So an hour later, I got like eight more. I don't know why I didn't just buy 10. I was frantic. I was all over the place. I got eight more. And then an hour after that, I got eight more again. Wait, did I buy 16? Did I buy 18? I don't know. But anyway, (coughs) I got to check because I got to get 18 tickets for people. And they're kind of all over the place. Like the intention here was we're all going to sit together we're not all sitting together, but we are nobody's in like the broken neck, like stare up at the screen seats. So that's nice. At least um, Jim is coming, but Jim's going to have to sit by himself often. We'll make sure Jim is, we'll, we'll put him in the jail seats. Jim is going to be in the jail seats, but yeah, we, we tickets secured. It was, it took like two and a half hours. I ended up finding flickster.com was not down at like one in the morning. I'm laying on my mom's couch, just wide awake. Could, and then I and then after I got the tickets, I was just so wired. It's like I just want to go, just want to sleep. But now I'm so caught up in this. Uh, but tickets acquired, and we can rest now. <sighs> All right. That's, so yeah, somebody, everybody had quite an experience.
0: Somebody green light a holiday movie about Brandon trying to get these tickets. It sounds like a holiday movie where he had to go and try and secure <laughs> mm-hmm. tickets to Spider Man.
1: So he didn't. Ruin it took Christmas, me. My God. The Spider-Man No Way Home run time is how long it took (laughs) me just to get these tickets. Mm So, (laughs) (laughs) oh god! (sighs) All right, all right, we got him. We got him. We're all seeing (laughs) Spider-Man. Great. More than once, too. Like this isn't the last Spider-Man. Apparently.
2: Perfect segue.
1: Great segue. Yeah. So.
2: So was this in the Fandango interview, BD?
1: Yeah, this was, oh, I'm sorry. I meant to pull the quote for you. Yeah, this yeah, was no where uh, Amy Pascal uh, said this to Fandango.
2: Yeah, so Amy Pascal in an interview with Fandango said that there were three more Spider-Man movies in the works with Tom Holland and that they would still be in the MCU. Um, then later that same day, a Sony representative came out and was like, no, there isn't really another trilogy planned. And so they kind of tried to muddy the waters a little bit. Um My thing, and I I know Brandon agrees with this because I saw your tweet about this. Couldn't they just wait till after this movie came out to say this? Like, why do we need to know this already? I get that realistically, Tom's Peter is going to come out of No Way Home Okay, but like you're now making me a little bit, I don't know, like I I would have loved the narrative tension of being able to see what happens to him instead of immediately knowing like, oh, you're already planning another trilogy. So like, what do y'all think?
1: I, so as you said, I totally agree with you. I'd love to hear what Aaron and Jamie think.
2: You know, it didn't occur to me the, the idea of
3: like, oh, well, now we know he's not going to die. That, did, I didn't even think about that because didn't we already know? Like, wasn't he still contracted for at least one more appearance? I mean, like, um, he could
1: not die, but he could like retire or he could yeah. just like, I don't know, something yeah, else. True. could I don't know. It just kind of um, felt like it removed stakes for me.
3: Uh, yeah, you know, I have like very little feeling about it. I, 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 I would love to see more Tom. Um, and you know, I think he, he's, he's trying to quit before he's thirty. But boy, is young. He's got some time before he's thirty. <laughs> uh, so, um, I, I've, I have a feeling when they say three more, are they going to be three more standalone movies, or do they just mean like three more appearances. That's where I feel like it's getting m- muddied. I think people took it to mean three movies, but maybe that's not what she meant. I don't know.
1: Well. If there's ever somebody with a history of kind of uh, speaking out about things that might not be true, it's uh, certainly Amy Pascal. If you go back to the Kevin Feige, Amy Pascal interview that made Feige a meme. And I think that was the first time he was really, really a meme.
2: That went uh,
1: free in my head. That was the first thing I thought of when I saw that headline. When I saw the tweet from Eric Davis where he said, Amy Pascal says they're already making another Spider-Man movie. In fact, they're doing three more. I was just like, Feige's just sitting there like, bruh like that's really like that's got to be the reaction right mm-hmm. I, I i loved going into end game not knowing anything about what's next and honestly i was going into end game thinking there's no way they kill iron man that dude makes them too much money like cap like some one of them's gonna die there's no way they're both done like i didn't think black widow was gonna go in end game just it, it, i don't know it, i really enjoyed how that was done and I, does this ruin the movie no absolutely not but uh it's just something I think would have been cooler to know after the VR. What's what's going on over there? I, I'm just imagining that like
0: in the far flung future, if we make it there, they're going to make some sort of like curb your enthusiasm meta, like Marvel series, where it's just Kevin Feige having to react <gasps> to these moments where people do this kind of stuff. And he's just mm-hmm. sighing and <sighs> grimacing and being like, Oh God, really?
3: That's the Marvel oh. show I want to write on. <laughs> yeah. <right
2: there>. <laughs> <It> <laughs> so many be... sandwiches are going to be thrown
0: exactly is how it feels it's just like he constantly is just getting disappointed like oh god i, I thought amazing. about the stakes as well because i'm like i don't know what i'm expecting out of this movie but knowing that there might be allegedly allegedly three more of them coming i'm like well we know that there's some of these things are off the board and maybe they're not we don't know but It would seem like this is the sort of thing that the Monday after the movie comes out, you would say Mm. to the media, you would get the weird drop from Variety or Hollywood Reporter or The Rap or something. But no, we're just going to do it three weeks ahead. Like, (laughs) listen, come on up. Like, come on up and get some more Spider-Man because apparently we all just want it. Like, I could not believe the the in-game numbers when they came in, like the pre-sale numbers. I was like, this thing, I'm curious to think, like or to ask everybody else do you think that this could be the first like billion dollar movie and that's why they're just getting ahead of it right now the first billion dollar movie of the pandemic era
2: i think it's going to get so? as close to a billion as possible like i still don't know given how movies and habits and new variants of the virus and stuff like who knows what the box office is going to be but i think it is going to outperform everything else that we've had so far this year like by far
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know if it's it's really tough to imagine a billion in these settings. It would have been uh, so obviously been a billion, maybe a two billion dollar movie in normal circumstances. I just don't know how people are feeling. And that's all. Everybody's got a personal stance on that. And it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to have just a monstrous, monstrous opening weekend. And I could see it dipping quite a bit in week two because we all are rushing to see this one right away. And I'm really curious to see, because I have a feeling that after week one, they're going to start a whole new marketing train. You're going to have all three Spider-Men on the the cover of Entertainment Weekly and the detailed interview about them returning. You're going to have them in trailers and on actually good posters. And then you're going to have a whole second push for somebody, for those people who somehow don't have internet in their homes and don't know that these guys are back and they happen to happen upon the convenience store and they see them on the cover. Uh, they see all, Sp- Oh, Toby McGuire Spider-Man again. Yeah. Go. So then there might, whatever small percentage of people are still out there that don't know that uh, are going to go see it. I think, and that's, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how the marketing shifts and new, a whole new audience is, is made aware of the return that somehow miraculously has maintained a, a blissful existence
2: Spoiler I almost feel like they could do what they did with Endgame of like everybody go see this again so that we can make even more money. Like that that second marketing push up a couple months after. <laughs> Especially like given how this ties into Doctor Strange, I could see them doing like, come see like a kind of double feature or just go see Spider-Man again. Like I would not be surprised if the marketing at a certain point becomes like just go see it again, because you can see it in a theater and look at movie theaters are back, like that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. It is interesting how this movie is just marketing itself right now. Like we are all marketing; the fans are marketing this movie. Yeah, you know it's great. It's, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, but all right, now it's time to get heated here. Time to get heated. We're, We're not cool. going to go through a full list. We're not going through a full list here. But and you don't really have to explain yourself if you don't want to, because we are running late. We got to get to Hawkeye. Uh, top three Spider-Man movies of all time. It can include animated. So, do I like it. this? Is my idea. So, if you want me to go first, I will. I know Aaron would be the unlucky soldier up top <laughs> because yeah, you I know. think you have to go first, Brandon. Yeah. All right, all right. I I I will say that my number one is into the Spider Verse. I think into the Spider Verse is perfect, start to finish. Just captures everything about Miles. You have a great version of Peter. It's animated so well. It is a brilliant brilliant film. I I don't even I can't I don't even think I can think of a criticism for that film. I love that movie start to finish. It's brilliant. It's got everything Marvel we love about it. It's got Spider-Man times like 100. It's great. So Spider-Verse is number 1 for me. For me, that number 2 is is Spider-Man 2. I think Spider-Man 2 is the best of the Raimi trilogy obviously if I'm ranking it up here, but I think what Toby and what Sam Raimi and what everybody did with that and the positions that it often put Peter in And the way, like, it it speaks for itself. I think it's a great movie. Doc Ock in that movie, come on, great movie. And then number three is Spider-Man Homecoming, mostly because I love the villain of Spider-Man Homecoming. Tom Holland is a fantastic Spider-Man. He's a fantastic Peter Parker. Uh, Not only is the sequence in the car fantastic, the fact that the best parts of this movie don't even require, like, crazy superhero CGI, to me, are what make it great, because the next scene that I want, like, is when Peter walks into the homecoming dance and he has to choose, do I, do I go to be a high schooler and live the social life I want to live because this is the moment where I finally get the girl and all this, or do I go to this responsibility and be a hero because I'm needed right now. And that moment also, I just, I adore that moment. And I think the whole movie, I think Homecoming's a fantastic film. I am an iron man fan, so I don't have a problem with the Tony Stark stuff. Those are my top three spider verse, Spider-Man two, Spider-Man homecoming. Boom. Uh, Aaron, now it's you.
0: Okay, uh, so we got Into the Spider-Verse at one. I mean, that probably doesn't come as a shock. I cannot believe it got made. I don't envy the people working on the second one because the first one's damn near perfect. Don't know what you guys... Are. Hopefully, Chris, Alcott, I love y'all. Please, please come through. Prove us wrong. Please do. Have it be awesome. Um, The second movie, I think uh spider-man the original one i am a spider-man one over spider-man two person i don't know yeah. why i love Willem defoe's interplay with it i love how it's a weird time capsule of 2001 in a lot of strange ways that it would be hard to explain to like younger generations like in the one way and and three i have homecoming because i believe that's pretty much a time capsule of the year it was released too like it's it's hard to remember the before time, but it is a pretty good encapsulation of where we were at, like pop culture wise and everything else. It makes all the sense in the world for it to be the way it is. I don't understand what's going on. So, yeah. Oh, boy. Kobe wants me fired for real. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kobe. Damn.
1: <laughs> hot wow. uh, Jenna. What about you?
2: I I was about to say the same exact rankings that BD had. So I'll change it a little bit. But like Spider versus obviously number one. That movie just in addition to being such a good Spider Man movie is just such a good movie that understands what comic books can can be capable of and like the storytelling and the, the medium itself. The fact that like y- a year after the movie came out, people were still analyzing certain scenes and figuring out certain things of like, oh, Miles's frame rate when he's swinging changes at this point because it's this point in him being a hero or something. Like it is such a rich text in and of itself. And it feels like it's in a completely different category from everywhere else. But um, so that would be number one. I would say Spider-Man two is probably number two for like a lot of the same reasons that Brandon said it, it it is just such a good movie that understands what it is in so many different ways. And then I I agree with Aaron, I would say Spider-Man one, because it is such a time capsule down to like the Nickelback song in the credits and just all of the different elements of it. It is so ambitious for the time and for the idea of superhero media, movies at that moment, that like I love it for that. But Homecoming was probably like tied for three or number four for a lot of the reasons that were said. It's fair.
1: All right. Oh, this is
3: me. Um, uh, well, I agree. I mean, obviously, I mean, I think Spider-Verse is indisputably the best film, Uh, but it's not my favorite. Uh, my favorite is Homecoming. It just, Homecoming checks so many boxes for me. I love Michael Keaton so friggin' much. Um, I love teen movies. I love Marissa Tomei. Give me Hot Aunt May, as yes, please. Um, I, I, All of it's a delight. Um, and number two is probably Far From Home because that's a continuation of Homecoming. Uh, Is it better than a lot of what we're talking about? No, no. But it's one that I'm going to watch more. Um, and then I'm with Aaron. I like Spider-Man more than Spider-Man 2. And it's because it's its own era. Spider-Man 2 is kind of the beginning of what we have now. It's like kind of jump-started this current era we're in, whereas Spider-Man was like the end of like our childhood. Um, and it's just wacky and kooky. And Willem Dafoe is so good. And I don't... I, I understand why everyone loves Spider-Man 2, but it's just too depressing for me. I, I, like, I, I honestly like... I don't want to watch Spider-Man have money problems for two hours. It's a bummer, man. I-, I know it's real and it's like a cool thing to have, like a realistic, real thing that, that happens in the world. I know I've <laughs> had it myself, and that's why. I- I'll give give Spider-Man a really billion-dollar suit that he can fly around in, not have him delivering pizzas because it makes me want to cry. It's too real.
1: Love it. I that's love how it. I feel. We uh I don't think we got too controversial. I'm sure if Jim was on the show, that's when things would have got heated because he would have been like The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Venom, and Spider-Man 3 are my favorite movies. Uh, So that's Jim Viscardi's list that I am putting out on his behalf. He texted me that before the show. Uh, so So if I said it, it has to be true. And knowing Jim, you believe me. Uh, But all right. So we are going to actually, I want to, one of these days, probably when Hawkeye is over and we're in one of those kind of lulls of needing content and things to talk about, we're going to have a hot takes episode because I actually, I sent a tweet out that was like, hit us with your Marvel hot takes basically. Um, And it went crazy. So I want to read some of those and uh, I want to, share hours and make sure that everybody hates us for a day because that'll be really Uh, really fun the internet is a fun reasonable place when you have opinions they don't agree with and i look forward to setting it all on fire but not today today is not that day um we are instead about to take a quick little break let us know whose lists you agree with the most in the comment section be nice if you're mean we 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 ain't having that you're out uh in a minute spoilers for hawkeye so hawkeye episode three breakdown see you Welcome back to Phase Zero episode 47. If you enjoyed our takes about Spider-Man, it's about to get even better because we're talking about Hawkeye episode three and full spoilers. You know we like to start with reactions. Jamie, you're up top. What'd you think?
3: Oh my God. It's my favorite one so far by a long shot. That... Friggin' car chase scene uh, was, could not have been more for me if it tried what a delight. And the fact that all that fun car chasing greatness was followed up with their really sweet train moment. And then that really emotional phone call scene, it just hit so many beats and, uh, uh Oh, I just was delighted. And then, I mean, th- that, that arrow was, I literally screamed, um, at the big arrow i mean delight uh, oh my god i loved it you guys
0: <laughs> Aaron, oh, let's see uh i really did enjoy this i really am kind of struck by just how i i it, it's like you know how whenever you talk about like the justice league everyone just makes fun of aquaman like everybody just continuously just roasts aquaman's life and he's not doing nothing he's just being with the fish i feel like uh hawkeye gets <laughs> the same treatment from people where everybody's like this dude with a bow and arrow he don't belong out there with them i feel like we just answered a bunch of like he doesn't belong out there with them with this episode like for sure he can hold his own he's gonna be clint's gonna be okay um i just what a weird showcase and there's all sorts of like stuff there seating stuff for the future but i really enjoy like Haley and his interplay and the growth of their relationship over time that this episode really starts to sort of fast track like yo i am gonna start trusting you no you really are good no i can't hear you though not at all not even kinda <laughs> the sound design gets a special shout out from me here with the stuff in the subway car and in the entire apartment like sequence was phenomenal Like it was so cool, like on a narrative level, on like an actual effects level, the way that they blocked that out, the interplay between them and how much emotion you get from one side of a conversation where you can't even hear his son like talking to him was wonderful, It's delightful. This is going to be like, if it keeps up at this pace, this is going to be the best one of these by far. It's crazy to think. We're three episodes in and I'm like, you know, I don't want to get all like Twitter on it, but I might have seen enough. I might have seen enough. Damn. We might be ready to call it right now.
1: Big statement. Go ahead. Um, I'm not convinced that's true. (laughs) Not yet. Really? Wow. Okay. I loved this episode. I mean, I thought it was by far the best episode of Hawkeye, but I thought the first two were just like pretty good. I enjoyed them, but this one really was a, a, a clear step above those two for me. So I'm not ready to declare, to put this up there with Loki and WandaVision yet. Uh, but, but maybe, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know what these next three have, but we'll see. Jenna, what'd you think?
2: I, I mean, I agree with everything that's been said. The, the first two episodes were already so good. And then this one just took it to a whole other level. I think Echo's origin story in the cold open is like one of my favorite Marvel cold opens that we've ever gotten. I think that was just so well executed. I think they weaved in so many things of her story in a way that like makes sense and are approachable, but are also so so specific and unique to her. Um, I, I agree, like I, what Aaron said about the Justice League, I hope against hope that when Green Arrow is in live action again, they treat him with this level of coolness and all of the gimmicks and stuff, because just seeing the way that Clint shoots his arrows and all of the trick arrows and stuff, and then remembering how Arrow like bent over backwards to try to justify a boxing glove arrow once I'm like, I want to see Oliver Queen like use all of these trick arrows and just be silly in this kind of level. So I'm, I'm glad that like this is giving people a respect for Hawkeye and for like archery characters in comics because there are so many more. But yeah, this episode is just so much fun. I I'm close to agreeing with Aaron. I think if it keeps up the momentum, this will probably be my favorite show, which is saying something.
1: Wow. Wow. That's I I love this episode. And I actually had a similar conversation with Jim over the phone this morning where he, where he was saying that he thinks this might be the best show yet. And I was just like, I've only had one episode that I really like, which was today's, that I just thought was fantastic and loved it. Like really, really awesome. The first two, I really liked them, but not like to this level. I thought it really took a big step up with episode three. And like, I I know it sounds like a criticism of the first two. It's not intended to say the first two weren't good. It's just to emphasize how much I liked this one. Uh, that, That phone call scene was great. The depth they're giving to Clint is really, really nice. Haley Steinfeld as Kate. You can't say enough about what a good job she's doing playing this fun, ambitious overconfident like just really sweet character and kate really is just so i am so excited for that she is part of the mcu and that first sequence i mean you guys touched on all these things the the sequence with Alakwa cox as maya lopez showing like i can't imagine like the feeling a a deaf kid probably has seeing that like it's like oh like that's that's me Like that, the way they portrayed that really felt special. It's not something I can understand personally, but I can only imagine that that means so much to so many people. And I thought they did it. I I personally think they did it very well. It really was like a touching way to show how the, like not being able to hear was impacting this kid and the way that her father was trying to help her. And then that sequence with Ronan killing her father, like that was, that was great in the We're going to talk about this, but that was kind of a change from the comics and I'm interested to see if they end up, Making that tie to a comic story in one way or another, but I mean, I thought this episode was brilliant, and and Echo was just fantastic. I, I thought that I thought the ending of the first of episode two was kind of cheesy, where they did like a villain pose, where Echo just kind of stepped it onto her mark, and that and I was like, okay, we get it, this big bad's coming in a way, uh, but overall. Echo was just brilliant, like so, so good. And now the story of Echo and how it ties to Clint and the conflict that's going to create morally for Clint and for her. And will they ever be able to see eye to eye? Probably not. It it, it really was, was awesome. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, but yeah, so now we're going to talk about some of the details of the episode. Um, I have accidentally closed out by my rundown here. I
2: just have to say, like her her father's handprint on her face just like gave me chills. Cause yeah. like given the fact that her costume like has that as a component of it, I was just like, oh, this is such a perfect way to like seed that in so that eventually when we do get to that costume and that look, it's gonna feel like so much more impactful.
1: Yeah. It reminded me of Finn in um, The Force Awakens with the handprint across the face in mm-hmm. the Stormtrooper. But really that is in, in the comics, she has she yeah, for everybody who doesn't know Echo in the comics has a white... She wears a white handprint on her face as part of her disguise, and it's influenced by the fact that her father, who was called Crazy Horse in the comics, uh, died, and his blood from his hand was on her face, but Kingpin killed her father in the books. So I guess we're just going to get into this now. Um, <laughs> Kingpin kills her dad in the books, and when when her father is dying, he says... He asked Kingpin to promise to like, raise his daughter and give her a good life, and Kingpin honors that, even though he has now killed her father. Uh, and so now... You know, the hand in the episode, they thought they wouldn't notice, but we did. That's obviously Wilson Fisk. That's Vincent D'Onofrio. That is that is Kingpin. And I think that is so dope. I think that's awesome. I don't know when we'll see him and how much we'll see him, but I think it's awesome because Kingpin is the adopted that he adopts Maya Lopez. And that's obviously the uncle they're talking about. Does anybody disagree?
2: No. I saw a comment that was like somebody saying they were like I have not watched oodles of hours of law and order to not recognize that chuckle for like two (laughs)
1: seconds (laughs) it was like it has
2: to be him I love the way that they're doing that reveal because if you know you know and that like gets you excited about the idea of potentially seeing him but if you're not aware of like Echo and Fisk's connection and you like are just kind of following the show as it goes on like that reveal is going to hit people so much more and I think they're going to be really excited
1: yeah that the fact that they're bringing these netflix actors in just shows that marvel studios really knows how to make these the fans happy. I don't I think it's a I don't think this is a continuation of Kingpin from Netflix. I think this is a variant. I think this is the MCU's version and I don't think the Netflix stories will be fully embraced into this continuity. Maybe they'll say the multiverse is out there, they'll connect it that way, but I do think this is going to be just a new, ver- the same way J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson is a fresh take on the character that was introduced in Far From Home. I think it's going to be the same thing with Kingpin, which I think is going to disappoint some people because the Daredevil show is fantastic and has a massive fan base. But hey, we're getting them back. We get new stories and it doesn't then give an opportunity to dampen any of the stories you already love. I think it's, I think it's a win-win.
0: We have devolved into so much looking at people's forearms and hands. <laughs>
1: We have done so
0: much forensic uh, analysis here in this corner of nerddom now. I'm like, I can't wait to see what other weird, this corner, this little, little corner of the screen analysis. Like, nah, man, if you think about it, he's got a mole right here. It can't be him. Like, I'm <laughs> expecting that level of silliness. I'm excited. Like, I don't know if anybody else would be, like, I know that when things go away that you really enjoy it. they don't come back in exactly the same form. It can be a little bit disappointing But is anybody really gonna feel bad If he's like If the first time we see him He's looking at a big blank frame Is anybody really not gonna mark out I don't know I don't think you got the guts I don't think you're built for it I think we're all suckers for real <laughs> I don't believe it
1: <laughs> Oh man But Do you think That Wilson Fisk Ball Avengers Tower <laughs>
2: i could could see that at this point anybody bought avengers tower as we said last week it's a spirit halloween so like if it's not that then fisk owns it right now i don't know
1: i I, this show is making every effort to not show me that part of the skyline i'm telling you right now i scanned through every frame of that car chase and the bridge and everything it's just not showing me that part of the skyline and i keep hoping and i just know i'm not going to see it but i keep looking and i keep hoping if kate bishop doesn't know who bought avengers tower how should i okay yeah. All right, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about. So up Check on now. this. Yeah, listen. This, Li- yes, this is,
0: B, this is BD's white whale. You don't understand? <laughs> <laughs> He's been searching I, after this.
1: I I don't sleep at night because I just <laughs> I just want to know who bought the Tower. <laughs> Uh, that was my Nova Ooh. audition for the really emotional stuff. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the Pym Tech. Uh, let's talk about the Pym Tech era. I don't know what, like, I, I, I just thought this, I kind of think this is a really nice flip on the sequence from Civil War, which is a famous comic cover from Avengers 223 where Ant-Man rides the Hawkeye arrow. Now Ant-Man tech makes a giant. Thought it was genius. Loved it. It was
2: so perfectly silly. Like, in this way that, it like, this show still feels so grounded and so in the Matt Fraction, David Aha style of, like, that Hawkeye run. But then we're still having these moments of whimsy and of just this, like, really kind of stupid stuff that still is just so cool. Like, that was that was not a reveal I was expecting. I'm so glad that they did that because it just shows, like, again, as we were saying earlier, it shows how skilled and how, like, useful Clint can be in an Avengers setting.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Shout out took- to... Oh, go ahead go ahead huh? oh I was just gonna say it, it shows you man listen we can't trust Bridges y'all I'm warning <laughs> y'all now three weeks from yeah. now we can't trust Bridges because there was none of that big arrow in any of the promos we thought it was just gonna be a car chase and it was not just a car chase
1: so mm-hmm. oh god what This bridges? is this is the Bridges origin story this is their villain <laughs> origin story and that's why that's why they're so mean and no way home mm-hmm. because they got a big arrow to the face <laughs>
2: I will say, though, like, I was worried when that fight sequence started because I was like, oh, this is the thing they showed on Disney Plus Day. Like, is the reveal of this going to be ruined? And then it's like they hid so much from the full sequence that it was still so much fun to just experience along the way. And I was like, oh, thank God, because I was so worried of like, oh, we're just going to see like bit by bit the stuff from Disney Plus Day and then just move on. And it was like, no, Mm -hmm. you still had surprises for us.
1: And a shout out to Bert and Bertie. Not only for having cool names of Bert and Bertie, but also for the way that they shot the reveal of the Pim Tech arrow, that it was out of focus. And then when the when the focus racked up to the arrow and we saw that it was Pim, that was just a nice touch. And the honestly, shout out for that that car chase, the continuous shot in that car. I I can't I don't even there was the cars That's Some great acting
3: or directing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. Wow. Bur and Birdie knocked this one out. Uh, and now let's talk about the end of the episode. If there's anything else we want to talk about, this is your chance to drop a comment. Uh, if you guys have anything to talk about, obviously we'll get to that. Uh, but I, I, my last thing that I wanted to talk about was Jack Duquesne with the sword at the end. Yo, I, I'm i not going to be shocked if this doesn't result in a fight. Maybe it'll have like a little bit of like a, a little showdown until some words can be exchanged. And then we're going to start to see Jack is not the bad guy here. That's That's what I think. In this house, Jack is not the bad guy.
3: I felt that that was such a um a weird ending point because I agree I I'm, I'm not worried about Jack at all. So I, I but I think that it's like well we don't have time to like have a normal kind of episode ending because we only have three episodes left. So I thought they were like this is a good place to cut. But I think you're right. I think the next one's going to start and it's going to be like, oh Kate, this is your friend. Let's have a conversation. I don't see there being a sword battle immediately.
2: I was wondering how we would get to the Jack defense squad. Like I knew that was going to happen at some point <laughs> in this conversation. I like, he still has the Ronin sword from my mm-hmm. understanding. So like, that is the thing we still have to address. So even if he's not true evil, which I don't necessarily think he is, I think as we said, um, Eleanor is probably much shadier, but like we still have to address that. And I'm sure Clint is probably going to discover that while they're in that scene. So I'm curious to just see where it goes, whether it's a sword, a sword fight or not.
1: I could definitely see them having a little spar right there and and Clint disarming him because we know that Jack is good with a sword from the fencing sequence. Uh, And we obviously, he's swordsman in comics, but I don't know that he's going to go the swordsman route. I think we're going to have basically Clint fighting to disarm him in one way or another, because he wants that sword back. And then when he gets there, that's when Kate is going to be like, you had that sword, you killed Armand and Jack is going to be like, I didn't. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just your stepdad. Uh, so that's, that's my thoughts. I thought it was a cool cliffhanger though. I, I enjoyed it. Aaron. I mean, would you... he literally could just be like
0: who the hell is in my house. He could literally, they snuck in and he's just like, just kind of goofy. Like, let me just grab what's handy. Here we go. I have this. And it, we could just all be just one big misunderstanding. I, I would take open bets right now. He's going to offer Clint butterscotch before the end of the first 15 minutes.
1: (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. I see the comment section is actually all talking about Yelena. And that's something that I have on. I had forgotten because like, I I, like, no, because this story has been, has become so all enthralling in itself that I forgot that Yelena is going to come in and try to kill Clint basically. Right? Like that's what we assume after that black widow post credit scene. And that's going to be crazy. There is so much more to look forward to. We got Kingpin expected to show up. Yelena is going to come wreak some havoc. Yo, this is wild.
3: Yeah, I don't think we're getting as much Yelena as people hope, but I'll take any Florence Pugh sprinkle I can get into my eyeballs. So
1: I did wonder if the fact that the 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 the, that kind of like interrogation moment where they were asking about Ronan and uh, he said Ronan is dead. Black Widow killed him. I'm wondering if like those sort of lies are making their way around it all and made their way to Yelena because obviously, I mean, Clint being said as the murderer of black widow, isn't really true. Like, yes, he was there and he tried to do it to be the one who fell and she did it. So I don't think Clint is responsible for Natasha's death, but Yelena believes so because of Valentina. So yeah, that's going to be, uh, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Layla, the black widow, (laughs) mention made her cry. It did make me a little emotional. I was like, Wow wow she's she's really gone but uh mm. we're headed for one industrial strength
0: mexican standoff with all of these people thinking that another person is responsible for their misfortune and, yeah. and you, you know, know who, who is mm-hmm. okay, that's that's
1: D- gonna be wilson fisk right come
0: on he's gonna just stroll in in the middle of everybody fighting and be like all right you guys can stop now all right i'm here yeah, I'm gonna monologue for the final five minutes of the last episode and tell you guys what you're gonna do. Everybody's gonna go home. I own everything. I own the tower <laughs> right now. And he's gonna pull out a thing and beep beep it like it's a freaking car, and it'll be the <laughs> watch that he presses. Sure, why not? I don't, Is that I'm watch gonna matter?
2: I, I honestly am just convinced that it's just like a gift from Vanessa or it's just something like it is just a sentimental thing. I almost want to just be like, did did he lose it in like a poker game with Tony Stark or something? Like it's going to be the most innocuous possible reason why that watch was in the tower and he just wants it back for sentimental reasons. Like that's my guess.
1: Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm with you because I can't think of anything else. You know what I mean? So, it also right. like
2: it's such a silly MacGuffin. It's like I, it would it would be such a hawkeye thing for the MacGuffin to have like no actual real purpose in the grand scheme of things. Like it's just the sound <laughs> of that whole thing. Also, can I just say, like, we, we talked about it a little bit last week, but like the, the classic costume scene where she's like drawing at the diner was so good. And then yesterday a behind the scenes video came out for episode one, they made that costume. A LARPer wore it in the scene and then they cut it out of the episode. So like the full mask with the H exists. And I just want to see Jeremy Renner wear it just for like one second. Like I need that.
1: Yeah. I'm here for that. I want to see it. I was hoping that that branding conversation in that first episode or second episode, those first two was going to lead to that. And now she's trying, but he has shut it down. So I don't know if, I don't know if Jeremy Renner is ever going to be willing to wear that, but hopefully, hopefully. Uh, Was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about from today's show?
2: Imagine dragons made me laugh. (laughs) That was so good. (laughs)
1: i did see there was a there was a a continuity error in the first episode the first scene the stark tower the k was still on the building and in avengers that was like the first letter to go so i'm wondering do you think this is going to pull a wandavision and like kind of make a computerized edit to a scene and fix it so there is not a continuity error when you compare that to avengers i don't know we don't really have the answer but they don't release these things as physical media anymore so that's a bummer. I just posted a stack of the, a photo of the stack of the full MCU movies on my Instagram this morning. And it just, I wish they would just release these as physical media because mm-hmm. all of us, uh, good people agree that movie cases count as decorative pieces of furniture in the house. So sure. I can't.
3: You're talking to the right person here. Yep.
1: yep. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Jamie. Yeah. Movies, physical media is a decoration wow. in the home. All right. And I would happily I'd buy these series on 4k. I'd probably never open the case and watch them, but I'd be happy. I have it. If you put some bonus features on there. Great. Uh, But all right, guys, I think that's a great place to end today's show. The cry for physical media. Don't let it go the way of the dinosaurs. Uh, If you guys want to talk more about Hawkeye, you can hit us up on Twitter. Jenna, any last words for today's show?
2: No, I feel like none of us said bro, this episode, which is kind of surprising. You're right, bro, bro.
1: damn. But yeah,
2: follow Good me call.
1: on Twitter at hatesgentleman. Hey, Aaron, any parting words?
0: Uh, keep them Spotify raps coming. I love yes. seeing them. I will say thank you. I will probably retweet or quote tweet some of them because that is just a bonkers thing. Thank you guys yes. so much for listening and for being. I never thought we never think you're gonna wake up and be like, wow, I'm in a bunch of people's Spotify raps. That's pretty ill. I, I can't. I can't hate on that. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Jay- Jamie. Um, uh... This is,
3: yeah, this has nothing to do with anything, but I'm begging all of you to please watch Say by the Bell on Peacock. It is the best TV reboot. doesn't matter if you love the original. It's like 20% nostalgia, 80% amazing, great teen comedy. If this show gets canceled, I'm going to be really, really upset. Do your part and please watch Say by the Bell. It's really good.
2: I saw a clip of the Joss Whedon joke and that just like actually made me LOL. So I'm a lot of good burns. Just based off of that.
3: I mean, He's not I mean. the only person they, they dunk on. It's, oh God, you guys, it's so good.
1: Very <laughs> good. I'm putting that on my list. I, I've been spending the week at my mom's house for helping her recover, which meant watching a lot of TV. And when we got through all the firefighter and cop and, and medical dramas that she had to catch up on, we turned to Ted Lasso and Yellowstone. And I've been enjoying those. And now I'm adding Saved by the Bell to our list. So thank you for that. Uh, Jamie, everybody go follow out Jamie Cinematics. Aaron, last words for today's show. He already, he already said he went. Oh, wait. Oh my God. I am like, listen, I got like five hours of sleep last night. I, I was, uh, I'm tired. All right. That's, and those are my last <laughs> words. Don't follow me. Cause I got nothing left to say. It's episode 47. <laughs> follow the Twitch channel. Uh, thank you guys for being with me. Uh, have a, have a great weekend.